2: You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, Petersyard.com, and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.
1: Hello. Welcome to A Slice of Cheese the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. Parmesan, mozzarella, gorgonzola. Italy's a land of wonderful cheeses, many of them known around the world. We explore the rich originality of Italian cheese with Tuscan food writer Julius Gapaleggia. Philip Contini of Edinburgh Food Institution, Valverne and Crawler shares his insights into the role that Italian delis played in introducing Italian cheeses to the British public. And Mario Olanis tells us why he's making pecorino cheese in Yorkshire.
2: Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon petersyard.com and specialist food retailers.
1: Well, on a beautiful sunny morning, how lovely to be talking about Italian cheese. And with me, all the way from Tuscany, Julia Scappelleggia, a food writer and cookery teacher. Good morning, Julia. Hi,
0: good morning. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Oh, it's lovely to have you with us. And this week, Julia, for a slice of cheese, we're looking at the wonderful subject of Italian cheese. And one of the things that strikes me when I think about Italian cuisine is how deeply regional it is. And you, I think, are Tuscan-born and bred, and I was really interested to hear about Tuscan cheeses.
0: So uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is how we call cheese. So for us, it's formaggio, cheese, and for us it's pecorino. So I remember my mum would always ask me, do you want some formaggio, some cheese? And that was pecorino. But if you ah. move somewhere else, even on the borders of Tuscany, I, a few years ago, I went to learn how to make tortellini in the Appennini. And there, um, they were giving me a list of ingredients. And it was like 200 grams of cheese, formaggio. And I asked, what type of formaggio? It's parmigiano, of course. So, you know, for, <laughs> for us, formaggio is pecorino, full stop. For them, formaggio is parmigiano. So this is the first thing that really tells you how different the landscape of cheese is in Italy because the word formaggio is different for everyone.
1: That so is that, a brilliant that's, that's insight. It's like and... fascinating because actually, you know, in England we wouldn't say cheese and mean cheddar. We would literally say cheddar. I don't yeah. think it's as deeply rooted as that. How fascinating! They pass in Lancashire where they have <laughs> wonderful Lancashire cheese. They might, when they say cheese, they might well mean Lancashire. How interesting, Junior! That's a brilliant <laughs> insight. And t- and so yeah. pecorino is a sheep's cheese. Exactly,
0: and even pecorino can be extremely different according to where you are. I'm in Colle Valdelsa, in Valdelsa, and I'm close to, um, on one side you have Volterra, so you have Pecorino of the Balse Volterrane, which is a very specific kind of Pecorino because there, uh, the sheep, they graze uh, wild herbs, wild flowers, so it's a very aromatic cheese. Mm. Then in the south you have Valdorcia and you have different Pecorino there. Then you have Maremma and Pecorino is even more different. And even the the, 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 the feeling you have when you eat pecorino is different. The one from Pienza, from Valdorza, is chalky and it requires a lot of wine, you know, to, to eat the pecorino <laughs> it's handy, and it's yes. the perfect, yeah. <laughs> it's also the perfect cheese to make cashew pepe. So even oh. though cacio e pepe is from Rome and you, ha- you use pecorino romano, you can use also uh, aged pecorino from Pienza because it's chalky. So it's going to melt with the water from the, from the pasta. Right. Why the pecorino from the Balze Volterrane is a different pecorino that you might enjoy with a glass of wine, of course, but as an appetizer as well. So on its own, not grated. So it's all different. And the same is pecorino from Valdorcia or Marzolino, which is from Maremma. And it's uh, the fresh pecorino made in March, Marzolino, oh, which is the nice. first pecorino you got in the year where you yeah. have all the smells of the fresh herbs of the winter. So it's different from the location, different when it's made in different seasons. So even if you talk about pecorino, it can be, you know, different kinds of pecorino.
1: Yes, that's fascinating. And have you, And is one of the joys for you as someone who loves food when you, when you travel to other parts of Italy? Is it fascinating for you to see the cheeses that they have there?
0: Of course. Uh, for example, my, father, my mother-in-law, uh, she was from Salento, so, in Salento, is a completely different landscape. They have ricotta, but it's not the ricotta we are used to here. So, they have ricotta salata and ricotta forte. Mm-hmm. I have encountered encart- uh, ricotta salata here in Tuscany as well, which is an aged ricotta that you can make on pasta, which is milky, salty, delicious, but never heard of ricotta forte, which means sour ricotta. So, it's mm. made like ricotta, but then it's fermented. So, wow. it has... Smell and taste of fermented cheese. Uh, you spoon one tablespoon in a big bowl of orecchiette with tomato sauce, and it gives Ah. this salty fermented taste, which is an acquired taste. But it's very easy to get acquired to that delicious taste. So it's completely different, you know, it's very local.
1: Yes, I've never had it. That sounds really interesting. And that yeast of just a little bit of concentrated flavour. It almost reminds me of sort of Chinese cooking where you might put a little bit of something you know, a tiny bit of, you know, a bean paste and it will just give this huge exactly. flavour. How interesting. Exactly.
0: And every time they send us from Salento a big jar of this ricotta forte that is sitting in our fridge like for months because you need just a teaspoon, a tablespoon for a big bowl of <laughs> pasta. But it's so, you know, pungent and delicious. You can also spread that on bread and then put a little anchovy on top. So instead of butter, you can use the ricotta forte. Uh, oh. or some cherry tomatoes on top in the summer. Uh, for them, it's a delicacy. They really love it. And yes. I'm learning to appreciate that as well. Yeah,
1: Wonderful. And have there been other regional cheese that you've encountered or cheeses in other parts of Italy that you've thought, wow, this is incredible? Uh, uh, so my,
0: fa- my father's father, so my grandfather, uh, was from Basilicata, which is a tiny region in between Naples and Puglia. So many of the cheese from Basilicata are very similar to the cheese from Puglia. But they have specific cheese as well. For example, Cacio cavallo, flavorful. You can have that fresh, sliced, grilled, or even, um, you know, as an appetizer, baked with vegetables. It's delicious. Mm. And they have burrino, which is very, very unusual. It's a shell on the outside of Cacio cavallo, And inside you have butter. So oh, butter. wow. Yeah, hence the name. And you slice yes. it and put that on bread and it's amazing as well. So I remember my grandfather bringing this burrino back home from Basilicata when I was a kid. That was a treat because you ah. know have a big slice of butter on bread and was
1: yes, lovely. Fantastic. fantastic. What wonderful yeah. memories. And Julia you you're a wonderful cook as anyone. And I do warmly recommend you want to follow Julia on Instagram except it will make you very very hungry. Without in that. <laughs> you, need that. Um, you know so yeah. tell me about sort of cheese in the Italian kitchen because in fact just from my conversation this sense of extraordinary diversity and, and is it an ingredient that plays an important part in Italian cooking absolutely so the first that comes to my mind is ricotta so the fresh
0: ricotta that is a wonderful stuffing for fresh pasta in mm. Tuscany we have tortelli maremmani. so it's fresh pasta parcels and inside you have spinach or chard or forage herbs in the season that is oh, like nice. in spring yeah. with ricotta and a hint of nutmeg. Mm. Uh, And ricotta, of course, is a filling for pasta in different parts of Italy. It's one of the most common fillings.
1: Uh,
0: Ricotta is also one of the ingredients that you might use to make cakes. Mm. So uh, cakes made with ricotta and uh, some orange zest, but also as a filling of a tart. In Garfagnana, oh. there's a delicious tart that is called um, torta squisita, <laughs> exquisite cake. Lovely name. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, a... And it tells a lot about this cake because inside you have uh, farro. It's a local produce in Garfagnana. Then you uh-huh. have ricotta. You have candied orange or citron zest and then dark chocolate, a lot of oh, dark chocolate. Yum.
1: Oh, yum. And it's a delicious good. cake. Now, when I was, I lived, I was lucky enough to have lived in Florence for three years and on my way back from my, it was a long journey from my school back to my home and to, on the way back, my treat was to go to a bar and buy a treat. And in Mm -hmm. fact, what I bought was a very Sicilian treat. It was one of those very Mm -hmm. expensive bars near the Duomo, Uh, but they sold Sicilian cannoli Mm -hmm. and I would buy one, which of course, that also has ricotta, doesn't it, in the in the film yeah, yeah. and it was very cocktail. yes mm-hmm. and it was really and it was like very dark sort of lumps of dark chocolate bitter mm-hmm. chocolate and nuts haz- toasted hazelnuts and it was so glorious, and bits of peel and it was very mm. it was this wonderful combination of flavors it was utterly yeah and the crisp shell yeah. with the cannoli for those who don't know it is a like a thin pastry shell in a tube shape and then it's filled with this delicious filling, which is sort of very, but often it, ricotta, I think, is key, isn't it? And then flavor Exactly. It has to be yeah.
0: extremely fresh, sheep yeah. ricotta. And then you recognize the best cannoli because they are stuffed right on the moment. So, yes, they say never buy cannoli that are already stuffed with ricotta because the crisp shell would get, you know, all yeah, wet. So you have to waste, yes. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was just a real treat. Oh, that was, oh gosh, you've made me feel all nostalgic. Right. And so, so what are are the other, I mean, I think in England, we would, if we thought of Italian cheese, we would think of Parmesan. And Parmesan tends to be used as a grating cheese, but I get the sense that it's so much more ingredient in Italian food. Yeah,
0: it's the cheese on pasta. Of course, it can be, it can be, it's always mixed with ricotta as a filling of pasta. Mm. Uh, it's generously spread on uh, parmigiana la melanzana, um, melanzana la parmigiana, egg parmigiana. Uh, mm-hmm. And it can be parmigiano reggiano or the local provolone, aged provolone, uh-huh. which is even more right. sharp. It's delicious. Right. And then, of course, it's also eaten as an appetizer because you have uh-huh. different aging of the parmigiano 12 months, the 24, 36. Yes. The 12 yeah. months. It's delicious, like wedges of Parmesan with some balsamic on top, some aceto balsamico. Mm. Uh, it's a wonderful appetizer, a way to start, you know, a meal with a perfect, ton- yeah.
1: That is interesting, isn't it? Because I think I've just come back from Italy, um, and I was in Bologna, and went. In really went to a cheese shop, of course, <laughs> and we and he, and the guy there was um, taking me through the Parmesans, the different ages. It was really mm. fascinating because. You know, they really did change with the age, which, you know, you know that happens, but it's yeah. so interesting to actually taste it. And the one was, the young one was much softer and had a sweetness to exactly. it. And then as it dried out, it got more. And he was saying, oh, the, the more assertive one, which I think was 24 months or perhaps a little bit older. Yeah. He's like, this, we'd use this to flavor our tortellini. You know, mm-hmm. because it would give a lot of flavor. You wouldn't need much of it. It had a big exactly. hit. Exactly. Yeah. And
0: uh, thinking about recipes to make with parmigiano, passatelli, it's a wonderful recipe from Romagna. And it is basically parmigiano reggiano, Breadcrumbs and eggs. So it's a cuscina a recipe because you use stale bread that you turn into breadcrumbs and you use the leftover aged parmigiano, maybe near to the crust that you grate. Mm -hmm. You mix everything together so eggs, parmigiano, and breadcrumbs, some lemon zest, some nutmeg, and then you pass them through a potato ricer, basically with the large holes, and you drop them directly into a chicken stock. It's comforting. and it's made with you know uh, pantry staples, leftover ingredients. So it's a true cucina povera recipe from Italy.
1: Yes, there's that wonderful thriftiness, isn't there, in Italian yeah. cuisine? Exactly. The frugal. I mean, a, cle- a really clever use of ingredient. You know, the the recipes that use stale bread and you know, and, and also, you know, a parmesan rind. I keep all my parmesan rinds and put them into oh, yes. soups to give extra yeah. flavour because they will give a lovely umami hit to a yeah. soup. Um, I'm yeah. always I'm always amazed at how much flavour. A little bit of cheese will deliver. It is quite astonishing, you know. Of, <laughs> yeah. of an age, I'm thinking of an aged cheese like a Parmesan or a mature cheddar. It is absolutely astonishing, isn't it? I mean, it's such yeah, a great soups, ingredient. Uh, yeah. Pasta
0: fagioli. It really gives that umami boost that they need, and it's something that you know you don't have to throw away. I always keep my uh, leftover Parmigiano wedges in the fridge, and yes. so I know when I make a soup or I make pasta fagioli, it's there and it will give. Yes,
1: because it's extraordinary, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, lovely. And another Italian cheese, which is very now become very well-known in Britain, is mozzarella. Tell me about Mm. mozzarella. That obviously plays quite a part in the Italian cuisine too. Yes, so fresh mozzarella
0: usually has to be eaten fresh on its own. Maybe a drizzle of extra virgin olive oil, a sprinkle of dried oregano, and that's a meal on its own. But when the mozzarella gets older, then you can use that for cooking. So it's not just... uh, you think about, you know, pizza on top of, mozzarella oh, on top yes. of pizza. Yeah. But I like to use pieces of mozzarella for baked pasta. So sometimes to when I want to reheat some leftover pasta with some tomato sauce, I will add pieces of mozzarella as well mm-hmm. and bake that in the oven. So it becomes all melting and stringy, it's delicious. Yes, I love the
1: stringiness. It's so yeah, funny yeah, it? when yeah, you you lift up so and funny. it goes on and on and on. <laughs> I mean your children must love that I'm guessing too. Exactly.
0: Yes. I was thinking yeah. about Livia, yes. Yes. Yeah, she lovely. loved the first time she tried gnocchi alla sorrentina. Basically it is gnocchi that are boiled and then dressed with a very generous punchy tomato sauce. And then pieces of mozzarella. And then you bake everything together until the mozzarella is melting and stringy. Ah. And it's a delicious, delicious dish.
1: Yeah. And she so you can it, use mozzarella she? for yes. cooking. So when your or, daughter ate uh, it, she, was she just, did she just love it? Is that one of her favorites? Gosh.
0: She had tomato sauce all over herself. <laughs> all over herself. <laughs> <laughs> and the mozzarella as well. We had to give her a bath after. <laughs> I was thinking about another treat uh, from Naples. Or from south of Italy, it's mozzarella in carrozza. And again, this is another Cucina a recipe because you need stale bread, you need mozzarella that is not the freshest mozzarella you can get. A mozzarella that is a little bit older, so ah. drier, it's better to so it hold its shape a bit better,
1: right. Okay. Exactly,
0: so you have yeah. two slices of bread, you put a slice of mozzarella inside, sandwich the bread and then dip that in eggs, and then in flour, eggs, flour, and then you fry it until mm. golden. And then when you eat the bread, you have the stringy mozzarella inside, it's fabulous. I remember my mum used to make these as a quick dinner when I was a kid because you just need some stale bread and a piece of mozzarella. If you had them on their own, they don't make a meal. But if you put yeah. them together with an egg, they become
1: a delicious, like a glorious meal. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Gosh, I've got to try that. I've not I've not actually cooked it myself, so like now inspiring <laughs> me. Um yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And what and and so you would, you talked about cakes and ricotta are there other Mm -hmm. other cheeses that get used in in desserts or is it primarily ricotta
0: oh usually it's ricotta sometimes you can use um from the north of italy uh crescenza no crescenza is similar to stracchino you can make a kind of uh, cheesecake using crescenza Ah, yeah because a little bit tangy and sour it's delicious but even robiola yes that you can use to dress pasta to eat on its own but it can be used to make a kind Of cheesecake as well, and it's fantastic.
1: So, in your kitchen, Junior, would you always have cheese in it? Are, are there some classic Italian cheese that you would always have to hand to use as you cook? Yeah,
0: I always have Parmigiano Reggiano, mm-hmm. uh, then I have Pecorino Toscano, and it can be a fresh one and an aged one because I like to grate Pecorino on pasta, not just Parmigiano.
1: Ah, nice. And then yeah. at the
0: market, I find a six year old. Uh, provolone from Ooh. campania and that's my favorite cheese it's sharp <laughs> assertive you just really need a sprinkle of that on pizza or on parmigiana and it's fantastic
1: it's like it's a sort of little yeah. yeah you know you know you're yeah. eating it that's for sure don't you yeah, yeah yeah that's really
0: and i love to see the the man at the market my cheese man i call him uh, when yeah. he slices when he opens the big it's like a huge bowl of cheese that it's hung for six years when you open that it is still fresh inside you have like droplets of whey inside Gosh, then you have crystals those yeah. crystals are calcium so yes, it's very good for yourself so good for the bones yeah. for yeah, health very true that's why i this eat
1: that what... <laughs> <laughs> i'm liking your thinking it's very good yes i shall <laughs> i shall follow that so well i think julie you've given us a wonderful insight into the glories of Italian cheeses and, and I think it's a, since that rich, you know, I'm always struck by the richness and the variety of Italian cuisine, you know, because of its, the way the the regions work and even within regions, you know, we often talk about regionality, but yeah. it's even, even on a smaller scale, isn't it? I imagine that, you know, there are <laughs> local things and local cheese, especially it's one of the things we discuss on this programme is how fresh cheese doesn't transport very well. So it stays very local, you know, so you have, yeah. a, and it will really vary enough people have their own fresh cheese <laughs> that they love. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Oh, well, thank you, Julie, you've made me very hungry. Thank you. <laughs> <Predictably>. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm going to cook something <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> Fantastic. Take care. Thank you, Julia. Yeah. Thank you again. Bye. Thank Ciao. you so
2: much. Bye. Bye. Online on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food
3: FM.
1: This week on A Slice of Cheese, we're exploring the wonderful world, the rich, diverse world of Italian cheese. I'm very happy to have with me today Philip Contini, chair of Valverna and Cruller, which is an iconic food and wine business in Edinburgh. Good morning, Philip.
2: Good morning, Jenny.
1: And I just thought, Philip, you know, what's striking in a way about Italian cheeses is how many you know, of the classic cheeses that we in Britain use are Italian. You know, I think, you know, most, it's interesting, isn't it? Think if you ask people to name famous cheeses in Britain, you know, cheddar would pretty leap to the lips. Yep. But I imagine yep. pretty much quickly after that would be Parmesan or mozzarella. It's pretty yes. successful, isn't it? <laughs> so, y-
2: you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, with the number of Italian uh, immigrants coming into Britain uh, uh, at the beginning of the 20th century and um, uh, 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 populating uh, many cities in in Britain. Um, And many were in the uh, hospitality or in food retail. And at the time, this was the start of uh, uh, the the big cheese company Galbani in Italy um yep. They they i think they started at, at the beginning of the 20th century and uh, um, launched things like uh, 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 packets uh, uh, vacuum packs of uh, mozzarella um in the in the early 1920s um wow. they were they, they created that uh, um their big brand name bel paese yes uh, the, uh, which I think is still available today, that's a, a sort of fairly bland, soft, uh, um, but, but it's a, uh, just a, a very gentle cheese. Yes, um, it is. Uh, yeah, it is uh, you gentle, know, yes. It, yep. it, it is gentle yep. and soothing. Mm-hmm. And and of course, they were part of the big rise uh, of Gorgonzola. Uh, the, the Consortio came into being, I don't know, something like around about the 1950s, some, something like that. And then they created the, they turned the, 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 the Gorgonzola Dolce, that very sweet, hardly blue, m- melting, a, a, a creamy, thick cheese that we know today. And they, they created a brand called Dolce Latte. Ah, and sweet milk is what it means, sweet milk. isn't it? Yes, yes. sweet milk. Yep. And it, it, that, that was a huge success, not least in Valvon and Crolla. Ah, so, That's so
1: interesting, Philip. That's a very good point, isn't it? Because, you know, cheese, you know, cheese is so perishable, even though cheese is a way of preserving yeah. milk, but it's still, cheese yeah. is not, doesn't have a finite shelf, especially nope. fresh, these cheese we're talking about, the softer ones, the, the ones that have got more moisture. So very interesting that, that that link then with actually ways of being able to send them, package them successfully and send them abroad
2: yes and, and and not least I, I, I don't know when but again i would imagine it was in the 50s or 60s Galbani then created a, a a depot a base in england and they would ship refrigerated transport direct to this refrigerated depot and then send vans out you know across the country so, so the italian immigrants uh, um diffused this the, these cheeses uh, uh, across the uk um, uh, uh, Galbani was the big name. They did the, the, the grana padano, the, the parmigiano, um, a mozzarella, a, a ricotta uh-huh.
3: uh, in
2: little um, uh, sealed tubs. Right. Uh, and it was a sort of homogenized, long-life version of ricotta. Yeah. Um, and also mascarpone. They oh, were yes. uh, the, the first to introduce mascarpone into the UK in these little tub, 200-gram uh, tubs. So, they were a, a a big mover, and and allowed the the Italian cheese to to be in the consciousness of the British customer going to an Italian establishment.
1: That's so interesting, isn't it? Because as you know, Philip, I've you know I love food shops, and I've written a lot about the the immigrant food shops in London, and it's it's fascinating the way that you know, the Italian community that held on very strongly to the foods, you know, its native, the the foods of its homeland, of Italy. And yet, of course, also outward facing, introducing them to this British audience. Um, And I always struck me, it's funny, when I'd go round the food shops and I'd go to an Italian Denny to talk to them, they were just so confident about how wonderful their food was. I sort of loved that. They always go, olive oil. Italian's yeah. the best. You know, it was, there was no modesty. It was all like, yep, you know, you're here in this wonderful place. We've got great food. Of course, it's Italian. <laughs> yes, here you go. Yeah. And, you know, fantastic sort of showmanship in a way. So you must have seen this at first hand at Valverna and Crolla yourself then.
2: Oh, definitely. And, 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 and it, 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 you're dealing with Italian producers who are, are fiercely confident of their own product. Mm. If you talk to any producer of Italian olive oil, uh, and there are thousands in Italy, <laughs> and and many of the the, the olive grove properties are cheek by jowl with each other, and and they talk as if there is nobody else producing olive oil on the planet. That theirs <laughs> is the one, and That's and funny. and it's the same in the wine business, uh, and, and so they're fiercely confident, and and I guess it any immigrant population abroad is fiercely uh, um, connected to their home country. And and so Italians abroad just want to show off and say, look what we've got, and and, and not least in in cheese. And and of course, the wonderful thing is, as uh, uh, the likes of Galbani, for example, who, who then grew and started to sell into supermarkets and and kind of you know moved away from any notion of artisan cheese Mm -hmm. making because they were a huge company uh, Mm -hmm. and and still are i think they're part of another big group now but still producing vast amounts of of commercial cheese and and then when britain went into the then the eec now the eu Mm -hmm. um it allowed delis like valvon and crolla to then go to Italy and taste and import directly ourselves and start to get to the the root of the the product, the real mozzarella from Mondragone or or Salerno, instead of from a factory in Novara. And the same with the ricotta, uh, uh, the gorgonzola. Instead of buying the dolce latte from Galbani, we then bought and still do uh, gorgonzola dolce uh, uh, that lovely soft cheese which is uh, 30 to 40 days old only uh, direct from a gorgonzola producer in uh, novara and and ship that via milan to edinburgh by refrigerated transport i mean it's incredible you know and and that process still continues to this day, the, the, the likes of um, pecorino, sheep's milk cheese, every region in Italy has sheep and makes their own version of pecorino. And, in, you know, 20 years ago, it was hardly heard of in, in Britain. Yeah. People would know pecorino romano, you know, with the black rind yes. and that kind of salty uh, um, um, a picante cheese. Yes. Pecorino, we, you know, we started to bring over Pecorino from Tuscany and then from Sardinia. And now that's part of the staple purchase of our customers in Valvan we, and We've got about 10 different types of Pecorino. The people love the variety, the very fresh, milky style, to the lovely, mature, nutty, 12 month old mm. Pecorino.
1: Isn't that interesting? I was, I was, so presumably, Philip, you've seen that the range of cheeses you've offered your customers has grown over the years. Judging by what you're telling me, I was wondering when burrata yeah. Do you have a, do you, Was there a burrata moment when you know? I suddenly it seemed incredibly fashionable. Everyone's talking about. Is it before? It used to be mozzarella di bufala was the sort of fashionable thing to talk about as opposed yes. to mozzarella, and then yeah. it was like no, no. Then it was nudged out of the way because then it was burrata. <laughs> I began with a yes. glamorous. <laughs> Tell me about burrata. Yeah,
2: but we tasted it we were in we were on holiday in Puglia, and and i think it was round about it was the late 80s 87 88 and we were on holiday in Puglia, and uh we were in a, a restaurant and we saw burrata and i and i thought oh that this uh, you know something a, a buttery cheese and uh, loving butter i thought well let's have a go at this <laughs> and this thing in 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 leaves came on the plate and. And when we opened it up, and then we we stuck our knife into it, and all this thick cream and strands of mozzarella poured out, and really? of course it was utterly unctuous. It was just yes. delicious, and so oh, we said we have to, we have to, we have to do something. We have to, you know, sell this in the shop. Um, <laughs> um, but it it was difficult at the time. I don't think it was until the mid nineties that we managed to get our uh, uh, our agent who at the time was helping us to set up the fresh food deliveries from the north of italy sort of gather foodstuffs from around italy to the north Mm. and then ship them uh, uh, um, via london then up to edinburgh and uh, and all the logistics of that and it took a while to set it all up but then we began to sell burrata and of course it was ridiculous ridiculously expensive at the time because we were buying such small quantities and it would go off very quickly.
1: Yes, very perishable. Yeah. Oh,
2: you, you know, you had, you know, by the time we bought it and then it arrived here, it had like three days left. <laughs> uh, were you sort and, of
1: standing by the doorway uh, forcing oh, on customers, going, try know, some burrata. Yes.
2: T- taste this, taste this. And, <laughs> and, and that's all we did was give it away to let people try it. <laughs> And then it became m- more commercially available, more the the Pugliese were now not the only ones selling it. Uh, and so every mozzarella producer started to make their own burrata. And of course, in the early days, they would, uh, when they created the, the the skin of the mozzarella, um, uh, uh, they would have to, to, to leave a space to put in the, the cream, and the strands of mozzarella I had to blow it up by mouth and just <laughs> like a balloon what and an image. Blow, hold it open yeah. and then put everything and then seal it and of course wow. health and safety came down on that like a ton of bricks yes. and said no so now they use compressed air um, right because uh, it is like
1: a little bag isn't it? that's a very it interesting is. point yes yeah. Yeah, with yeah, this very just, soft creamy filling so yeah, yeah. Yes. And and
2: now, of course, it no longer comes uh, wrapped in leaves. It's in it's in plastic, Uh, and we sell as much burrata as mozzarella, um, and the mozzarella bocconcini, which has become very popular, and now the burrattini, the little individual.
1: Oh, uh, I've not seen those.
2: uh, Yes, just like just like a a mouthful. Uh, uh, We don't get that so often, unfortunately. It's a small, still a small production, but I can imagine that growing. You can imagine that your next fancy uh, drinks party serving little buratini as yeah. as a as a canopy uh, as as a crostino,
1: as yes. it were. When you go to Italy, Philip, for for holidays, are you always looking at the cheeses that you see, thinking, "Oh, I wonder if this would go go down well in you know in back in back in Scotland."
2: Yes, um, <laughs> much to everyone's chagrin. Well, actually, no. We all join in the fun, but yeah. it, it does make going on holiday in Italy partly work. Um, yes, n- not quite tax deductible. Uh, uh, just in case HMRC yeah. are listening, you know, we 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 don't deduct it as it a holiday, but yeah, y- you know, yeah. Y- you can't help but. Do you know, funny
1: enough, I have the same argument with my husband when we go away and I'm like, oh, could we, we could go and meet this producer or we could get this market." he looks at me, we went to go on holiday, I'm like, yeah, this would be really fun. You'll love it. You'd love to meet this Danish chocolate maker. It's the same, you know, it's that fascination, isn't it? If you want to explore the world of cheese, how do you, when you go abroad, it's an opportunity, isn't it?
2: Yes. And, And as a retailer, you're always trying to think of new things to excite your customers. And, and bring them something that they've never tasted before so that you can say, you know, hello, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, a uh, uh, good customer, try this, you know, mm. taste this that we've just found. Yeah. And it's, it's it's just a wonderful road that you take your customers on. And then of course, then they come to the shop hoping that you've found something new. So uh, yes, we do that all the time, always trying out new things. and. Um, yes.
1: I mean, I think when you came on the programme before, Philip, you were talking about, you know, Parmigiano and Grano Padano and, you know, these yeah. expensive cheeses that actually weren't, I mean, particularly the Parmigiano, but weren't yeah. well known in Britain. So having to, you know, you often talk to me about having, giving away tastings, which obviously yes. is a cost, but I guess yes. that is the proof of the pudding is that people, if it's something new, why would they buy it if they don't know what it tastes yeah. like and yet they taste and go, oh, wow, that is really yes. nice.
2: Yeah, there's another cheese that comes to mind. Um, I don't know. You, you you will have heard of uh, uh, Fontina, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yes, yeah, yeah from have, the Val yep. d'Aosta,
2: yeah, and 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 its nemesis Fontal. <laughs> have you ever heard of Fontal?
1: I've heard of Fontal, yes. Right.
2: So in the early days of Valvone and Crolier, uh, 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 and I'm sure it was the the the, the representative of Galvani said, "We've got this cheese that is selling really well. It's called Fontal." And, and it's this northern Italian cheese, and it's it's soft and m- quite mild, but it's quite nutty, and it's a lovely texture. It also melts if you're making a fondue, and and it's a sort of cross between fontina and emmental, hence the name Fontal. Mm-hmm. And, and we thought, oh, that's great! Yes, I mean, and we <laughs> and we started to sell it, and it was doing well. And you know, out of curiosity, one day. I, I looked at the sort of label stamped on this side of the, the you know, it was a, a, a cheese that came in one large round. And I was looking at the label, and it said, Produce of Denmark. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. And so I got back on I said, this is not Italian cheese. Yes, it is, yes, it is. Said, Look at your label. So there was this <laughs> big thing that this Italian company was bringing in cheese from Denmark. So, um, so then we changed the, in the shop. We said, Produce of Denmark, you know. And people said, yeah. no, but have you got the Italian version? And of course, then we brought in Fontina, which of course is much more expensive. And yes. now Fonti- we still sell Fontal, but this one is actually made in Italy. But the, the richer, purer Fontina is now the big seller. And, and, and it's lovely to see that change and bring your customers on the journey to the, back to the origin of the product.
1: Wonderful. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that shows, you know, the joys of a good food shop, which is something I get very passionate about is, is, you know, exactly that. And you can introduce your customers to this, you know, this rich world and and they, you know, and bless them there and they're up for it. You know, they're, they're open for that journey because they trust you, you know, and uh, I want to sort of follow your, your guidance. How wonderful. Is there a favourite pet cheese that you, you know, that you feel has got, that you want to nurture and bring on with your customers?
2: Well, the, the, I guess one of the cheeses that that um, people forget about uh, uh, because of all the new ones coming in is Taleggio. Ah, uh, I
1: that, love Taleggio.
2: It's a lovely cheese, you, you yeah. know, uh, from Lombardy, Veneto, from the Val Taleggio, um, and and it's got a rather stinky rind and mm. and that sort of red mould and it doesn't look brilliant but once you tuck into it and you get that lovely smooth creamy richness yeah. um and 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 it, you know it, it's been in valvona crolla you know since the beginning uh, and and now we've got the dop uh, uh, uh version the dop original uh, uh, uh cheese and our customers are uh, uh, you know we remind them see do you remember Taleggio? oh yes <laughs> and they go ah and so that it, it, th- that happens too a lot in Valvona and Krona. People forget because so many new things come along and then they forget. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is Asiago, uh, you know, from the from Vicenza Padova area. Um, lovely, fairly young cheese, only matures for 30, 40 days, very sweet and buttery. Mm. Um, so it, it's just, and I guess with our team behind the counter, they get to know their customers and get to know what they're wanting, what they're looking for, and what they have forgotten about. And and it's nice to remind them and say, yep, you know, a a goat's cheese at the Caprino. It took us so long to get people really to enjoy goat's cheese, Hmm. but we're always a bit fearful of it. And now it's a big seller in the shop, not least in uh, large uh, uh, rounds of, of, a a goat's cheese round about five hundred, seven hundred grams with a fairly hard rind, but that soft, sweet, creamy goat's flavour. Yeah. So there's there's a there's, there's still a lot to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it sounds it sounds like you're enjoying it, Philip. This is what I that's immensely. what comes across. <laughs> so wonderful, immensely. oh, Philip, that's so so nice. Thank you for transporting me back to Italy, which is always a treat to visit, and and lovely, rich, still to, you know, more exploring to do, yes. which is very exciting. So Plenty
2: to do. Yes.
1: Thank you, Philip. Take care. And then.
2: thank you, and thank you, Jenny. Take care. All the best. Thank you. Bye, Philip. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.
1: Ciao. I'm a huge fan of Peters Yard's crackers, and they go beautifully with cheese. All Peters Yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop. Enter the code SLICE OF CHEESE at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order.
2: Online, on Smart Speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, Petersyard.com and specialist food retailers.
1: This week on A Slice of Cheese we're talking about a subject close to my heart, Italian cheese. Very happy to have with me today Mario Olianas of Yorkshire Pecorino. Good morning Mario.
3: Buongiorno. Good morning.
1: Buongiorno Ale. (laughs) So, Mario, I was really interested in this idea that you you grew up in Sardinia and here you are in Yorkshire making Pecorino. Tell us that. How did that come about?
3: Well, I came, the story goes, I came here in 2001 for six months um, just to learn English like everybody does and just Mm -hmm. work experience. And. Yeah, and uh, twenty years later, I'm still in in Yorkshire (laughs) making cheese now. So, and it's. Is somewhere on the line, did they go to plan?
1: <laughs> but, that does happen. You but you, you fell in love, I think, didn't you? And stayed. That does happen too.
3: Yeah, we we can say that. We fell in love. You know, <laughs> I've got two kids now, and a dog <laughs> and a cheese baking business. So yeah. And I love Yorkshire. I love Yorkshire. It's Yorkshire
1: there. is beautiful. I went to university at York, so I totally understand that. Yeah, it's a wonderful. Leeds is absolutely
3: it's a nice place, calm and relaxed. But um, we started the story because I, I started making cheese 2012.
1: So you grew up in Sardinia, so you presumably you would have had pecorino sardo. Because pecorino is... Yeah. It's a it's a sheep's Pe- cheese, isn't it? And and it's got re- regional variations. It's made around Italy, isn't it? But you have pecorino yes, sardo, yes. pecorino Toscano.
3: The pecorino, yeah, it's a PDO. That's why we call it Yorkshire pecorino because we cannot call it pecorino sardo, as we are making a Sardinian style cheese, but uh, is uh, with a Yorkshire milk. That's why we call it Yorkshire pecorino, and uh, pecorino yeah. can be made only by sheep's milk.
1: Right. Okay. That's interesting. So what did you, I mean, to take up cheesemaking is quite a thing. Were you, did you, you know, did you love cheese or were you interested in how it was made or how did that come about?
3: It's come about basically, uh, we start 2010, I started doing the um, farmers market. I was on the market producing um, lasagna, you know, the classic Italian yeah. food, you know, lasagna, parmigiana, uh, and um, I start making um, donuts as well. And, uh, mm. and uh, a lot of people that were, you know, just you start growing the business. People that, you know, they're looking at the product and so he's doing well. So I, I had a lot of people copying what we were doing. So I was just trying to uh, find a product which was not that easy to, to yes. copy or, to, or yes. to reproduce. And that summer, uh, I went back home on, on holiday to see my family. And mm-hmm. my brother and my father, they were making cheese. They were making pecorino. We had, we oh. had this, my father is a fisherman. My brother is a chef as well. And uh, nice. at that time, they were making just hobby, home, cheese. And I went to Sonia and said, I think I'm going to make cheese. And then uh, <laughs> she started laughing. And I, said, you, and I said, Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I came, we came back in September <laughs> and uh, I went travel all around Yorkshire to find a sheep's milk farmer, which was quite, it was very hard. Yes. Because all, I the can
1: she- imagine.
3: All, yes. all the sheep, they're all for meat production in here. And uh, yeah. after a few months, I managed to find actually a farm next to us in Pothforth. And uh, and I start asking for some milk, and uh, he rejected uh, the offer to you know me to buy the milk from me because he's in the group, mm. and um, and the perfect, you know, stupid Italian I am, and every day I was just ringing him saying can I have some milk, please? Can I can have some milk, <laughs> and uh, and after he just gave up and uh, just gave me the fair thirty liter of milk, and that's where it all started yeah. and. Uh, at the time I were making a uh, un pasteurized um, pecorino like the traditional yeah. Sardinian pecorino, oh
1: yeah sure yeah
3: with environmental and me being at home they didn't like the idea after right. that in January 2013 I start pasteurizing it and that's I was gonna
1: ask you Mario what was the so that first experience of making your own pecorino what what was it like was it was it satisfying when you know, when you you know do you remember what it was it a disaster or did it come out well and you thought wow this is good
3: well Lots of you know practice. We, we say we can say I made. I think the mm-hmm. first pecorino I, I did is the pecorino fresco, which ah. is a, a which is a really creamy and soft. That is our first cheese I ever made, mm. and and it's believe me, I wasted love milk, love milk <laughs> before because I never been a cheesemaker. Yeah, so it's not I'll easy.
1: Learn,
3: sure, yeah. I learned all by myself, and you know just watching YouTube video and uh, yes. and asking question and reading a lot and trying and I tried all the time until I managed and I let every, all the family test the cheese as well. So, and I saw oh, that right. tastes nice. And the family pulling the face now doesn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well done, so you persevered. So you've had this this idea and you followed it quite stubbornly by the sounds of it. And yes. Then, yes. And so, but the, so when what, what year did you say you started? Because you've been doing it now for some some years now, haven't you? I
3: started uh, uh, the Alon Pecorino cheese in 2014 and right. uh, that's where we proper started and and yeah 2014 it was pecorino fresco and uh and the Ric- Yorkshire ricotta that's where we started with the right. that cheese and after it come out the next cheese we made was the um, uh, adult blue which it was oh, a yeah. pecorino blue uh,
1: okay right
3: and it was like three three months mature yeah. and um, that's what my main two cheeses didn't do the Fiore because it took long time to mature. It takes six to f- six six to eight months to mature. So, for it's my when time. I set yeah. yeah when I set up the business, it was all about get a pecorino, you know, the fresh one, so sure. I can just keep going and yes. just. Tried. I mean, that, you're finan- absolutely
1: right. Yes, because financially you need the income, don't you? You need the money. You can't wait. You can't tie up all your money for six, eight months. All the, the yeah, cost exactly. of the milk and the labour. Yeah, yeah.
3: You, you know, because I, I was yeah. buying 30 litres of milk and I was paying the farmer straight away. So that's what yeah. we all We still do that as well.
1: Is it in Otley that you're based and you've got your friends? Yes, we
3: moved. Yeah. yeah, we were working from home for until uh, last year. So we start 2014 till 2021. 20, we were working from approved area at home, we yeah. had approved area at home, and last year in May 2000, and, well, 2021 and yeah. May the fifth, we moved mm-hmm. in a new premises in Otley.
1: Lovely. So that's exciting. That's a big step for you then. So, so a whole special dairy then.
3: Yeah, we just full. Yeah, just all just full dairy. All all. You know, I call it now. I call it a white box. With the <laughs> yes,
1: all... they are white boxes. You're right. So yeah, brilliant. And and that's great. And so how? What, what, what time? Give us an insight into your working day. Do you um? You know, do you get up early in the morning? When does milk come? How does it? How does it work?
3: So yeah, we, when we moved uh, um, first um, first few months, I moved in uh, in a new dairy. I will get up about four o'clock every morning. Monday to Thursday. Uh, to get the milk, but now we manage, we manage to master the timing and so. So I get up about f- five o'clock. I'm on the farm for six, six thirty. Collect the milk, yeah. the raw milk. I collect uh, myself every mm-hmm. morning. Go to the dairy, and that's where we start about seven o'clock. Pasteurizing the milk, and uh, right. and and after we alternate the day, we make the like. For example, Monday, Tuesday, we make fresco. Today we oh. are making uh, fiore. And tomorrow right. we make blue. And after we alternate, we alternate the okay. cheeses.
1: Right, interesting. You've got a real pattern. So, in fact, tell us, talk us through the cheeses you're making. and Because I think what seems to me about the word pecorino is that it's one word, but actually there are lots of different you know, even just hearing you talk, Mario, I can tell they're different versions of Pecorino. So tell us, um, yeah, tell us, take us through your, your range of cheeses that you're offering. Your so
3: we do the Pecorino uh, pecorino Fresco, which is a 30-day mature cheese, and a Pecorino, which is nice and cream and soft, mm, and lovely. really easy, really easy to, you know, to eat and to enjoy. And after we go, this uh, Pecorino is a, Pecorino, it's a more a cacciotta, because it's made with vegetable rennet. Uh, oh. We call it holy, holy yew, which is a oh, new yeah. one. <laughs> nice. And that is a, yeah. it's a semi-stagionato by with vegetarian rennets. So
1: half-matured, uh, so how long do you mature that?
3: Semi-stagionato period? is anything between two and four months for right. a stagione. If you think stagione uh-huh. is a yeah. season, so we just call right. one season, oh, nice. which is yeah, yeah. between three and four months, so stag, semi-stagionato. Yeah. After we do the pecorino fiore, Which is a mature pecorino, which everybody knows in the UK because it's got a hard texture, nutty flavour.
1: You know, Ah, it travels
3: well as well. That's why it's well known in the UK. The pecorino, and everybody thinks pecorino is our cheese. We do that, which is a six to eight months. Because
1: obviously you've got to tie up your milk then for that time, you know, which is. You know, which is a big thing for a cheesemaker to do, because it means you're waiting and hoping to make some money at the end of it.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's where Mm. it where is. We started big production of that only last year because uh, we could not, you know, we could not afford to keep the money tied up that long. So, yeah, we Exciting. go the Fiore. and yeah. Yeah. And after we do the Leeds Blue, which is a pecorino with a blue vein. It's a, right. the recipe I took, which is the same production of pecorino, halfway to a pecorino and a gorgonzola. So ah. we use the two production and we make the Leeds Blue, which is a blue pecorino.
1: And I wanted to take you back to your your childhood in Sardinia. So did you grow up eating, is pecorino, was it just around, you know, was it the cheese that you ate every day or, you know, what what are your memories of eating pecorino as a child?
3: As a child, with, um, I think our family, because we come from a fisherman's family. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, my father's a fisherman. We had a yeah. lot of fish and pecorino and the cheese and sausages, we used to eat on the when we used to go hunting and stuff like ah, that. So, yeah. It was more of when we go, used to go on family party, always been, you know, a, f- uh, a friend who b- bought a big wheel of pecorino. Lovely. and yeah. Sit down. Usually, the way we eat the pecorino in Italy, in Sardinia, it just sat down on the table, a big bottle of red wine. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, it, and um, like we call it a patada, which is a knife. And everybody ah. just get with a knife and took a big chunk.
1: How nice. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Like and would that would be that Pickering of you eat with the chop? Would it have been a mature one or semi stagionato or? Uh,
3: it's all depend. It's all depend. It's depends. It's, um yeah. yeah it's dep- It's all depend what was available because we yeah. all my father of friends and whatever when it was on the table, he always got on the little small holding from straight from the farmer what was available. Ah, we nice. would invite. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and then the flavor is completely. Well, it's just a little bit different what <laughs> what I make because pecorino in in Italy is much much stronger and much spicier, much, you know, more nuttier. And yeah, in here I had to just turn down my flavor for the English market.
1: Oh, that is interesting. Yes, I wanted to ask about that. So yeah, I mean, I think as I I think I often I have fond memories of pecorino fresco, which is, as you say is very gentle and easy to eat but you know as it ages it does get it can get much more powerful and of course you've got pecorino romano which has also got quite a you know a spicy kick to it hasn't it
3: yeah the pecorino romano is mainly for cooking and flavor mm. it just uh, said that uh, we yes we don't in italy is don't need well basically i never eat pecorino romano as as a normal cheese. Cheese. you know as a yeah, exactly. We always grated it because it's really salty. and It is very, yes, it's true, it's, yes. It's mainly used to be for seasoning and to keep the milk, you know, for yeah. storing the milk a long time. And yeah. with Pecorino Romano, we always used uh, it uh, for grating, which Sardinia makes Pecorino Romano right. as well
1: yeah interesting so tell me so pecorino you know not a cheese that's very well known in britain i would say how have you have you spent a lot of your time mario in you know explaining about your cheese to people in in yorkshire in in britain you know getting to try it and to tell them the story of it
3: mainly the story try i was quite lucky Few, you know, here the new what pecorino. The question ask is, oh, I didn't know pecorino was soft or blue, and ah, then that's where i always explain. Yeah, the pecorino is a sheep's milk, and yes. uh, it's a way we make the pecorino as well, it's a bit different. But it just yeah, you can have a, a pecorino fresco and uh, that's where you explain all the yeah, the different parishes. stages. Yeah, yeah, the different sure. stages of the pecorino.
1: Yeah. And a big question. So have you taken your your Yorkshire pecorino back to Sardinia and given it to your family and friends? And how did it how did it go down with them?
3: Yes, uh, I used to take uh, the pecorino every uh, when I start, because after I start to do a competition with my brother who was making <laughs> the, the best pecorino. <laughs> and uh, every summer I used to and I still do it. I still do it now and this day, you know, every yes. every summer I take uh, a wheel of each and uh, I let the family sit down and test the cheese and uh, compare it. Now my brother just give in. You know, I got, the, I won the he's, competition. He surrendered.
1: Well done. Yeah, good. That's a brilliant moment. That must be quite satisfying to know that. So, well, it yeah. was
3: satisfying when when we won the Super Gold in the World Chess Award, and we won this, well even this year we won the Supreme Champion. So, yeah, Fantastic. that was it was yeah. quite nice. Uh, Nice award. And I keep rena- remind my brother I was, I'm was i the best. <laughs> is...
1: Brilliant. Oh, listen, Mario, that was so nice to hear that story. Thank you very much. It was lovely lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Mario. Ciao. Ciao.
2: To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.